All right. How you guys doing this week? Long uh, time no see. Yeah, I know. It's been a few weeks. I mean, I know our audience was getting antsy. Oh, man. I mean, is the this... The calls just keep coming in. The emails, the calls, where have you guys been? <laughs> or was that just you and I calling each other? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't, actually, I think it's been silence. <laughs> this is not to be confused with the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast. <laughs> I have people getting antsy out there for uh, the next episode. Right, but, right. Uh, no, here we are uh, recording another... Well, having another conversation uh, about what what we're processing, what's been going on in our lives, what we're thinking about. Um, so here's here's a question I had um, for you this week, and it's the question: How is God's word um, leading us right now, specifically mm. as we start the book of Hebrews? Yes. And with all that's going on in the world, God's word is a lamp into our feet, Man. a light into our path. And I'm just I'm just curious. So far, here we are, just a couple chapters into yeah. Hebrews. How it's yeah, how you see it shaping you, but also us corporately. Yeah, that's a great question. I, in fact, just early this morning was meeting with some of our connection group leaders, you know, and seeing how they're doing. And um the the turmoil of worldview shaking issues all around us, you know what yeah. I mean? So here are these connection group leaders, all those questions land in their living room, you know. <laughs> We, they actually feel those questions mm-hmm. right. perhaps more than we get to stand up in front and just yeah. speak God's word. They're the ones engaging with how that's landing yep. in the real lives of our people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'll let's say that led us to actually giving thanks to God that we're going through Hebrews. Actually, not because it speaks so boldly into every cultural situation that we're in, but in fact, the opposite, the fact that it doesn't mm-hmm. <laughs> and is a book that is going to very almost forcibly cause us to fix our eyes on Jesus, mm. the, the pioneer, the founder of our faith. Um, and I think right now, God's people are looking to come to drink deeply of God's truth, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't make a direct line to an issue that they're facing or something, mm-hmm. but just hearing the gospel mm. drilling deep, actually. I mean, going back deep into the old covenant and all these old Testament promises that are now fulfilled in Jesus. I mean, it is so dense with gospel that we almost, it's not that we don't want to take the time to talk about cultural issues. It's that those things kind of get crowded out. Mm. You know what I mean? Appropriately right? by just, man, we've got to figure out what is the author of Hebrews trying to tell us about Jesus right now. And mm. I think that's probably the best medicine for the day. Mm. You know what I mean? To just fix again what, what Hebrews 12 tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Like yeah. do do that. And actually a lot of these other things will will fall into place. Mm. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about that old chorus, turn your eyes upon Jesus, mm. and the things of this world will go strangely, strangely dim. dim. And I think that it's not that the things of the world are dim and that they don't matter. That's right. Uh it, it's it's that. It's that by focusing on Jesus, everything gets put in its proper place. Yeah. At least my soul. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I. Mm. it's not time for Christians to bury their heads in the sand mm-hmm. and right. not think about these things. They're, they're yeah. consequential issues. We do have to yeah. decide what we're going to do and how we're going to live our life in the midst of this. But I'm saying the perspective of focusing on Jesus, who, as we're going to learn early on in these chapters, 
suffered greatly because of the injustices of his people and this uh, occupying force of the Roman government. Now, like he understood uh, besetting weaknesses and, um, and things. And so I'm just saying, I can lean into Jesus. He at least understands what it's like to live in desperation in a world that's like mm. warring against him. You know what I yeah. mean? Trying to suppress his words. Right. And so now as his followers, that's, that's the compelling voice of Hebrews. Lean into him. Mm-hmm. He understands Hebrew Christians, the difficulties that it is to live in this world and the kind of uh, pain and suffering you're having. You're given, so you, you, you're preaching this week on Hebrews, the end of chapter two, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And it, you know, it ends with, because he himself suffered in his weakness as we uh-huh. suffer or something, yep. because uh, exactly. he is able to help those who are who yep. also are suffering or mm-hmm. in their weakness. Whatever. Yep. Totally. And, and so what do you think a way that, that Jesus, our great high priest, mm. in a difficult cult, cultural moment can empathize? Yeah. Or, or how do we? Well, even at the level of, you know, we talk a lot about the, the fracturing of our culture and even within our churches of people kind of being divided. Mm-hmm. Well, who knew that more than Jesus? I mean, mm-hmm. not only those that would end up proving to be true, loyal, uh, you know, faithful followers like Peter, but Judas, who would show himself to not even be a faithful follower, but mm-hmm. was in that inner circle for the longest time. So I'm saying, even at that level of, oh, I've never understood a world so pulled apart by division. I'm like, oh, Jesus does. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm just saying like at, yeah. at so many levels, when you think about our current moment and experience, I can go to Jesus and know that he's got understanding eyes as he looks back at me and wants to mm. come alongside me. In my even church. some of the disciples were zealots. Yeah. I mean, even the right. name zealot yeah. <laughs> means they had strong political opinions totally. about something. And then yep. others of them, you know, Matthew, the tax collector, right, would have been on a different, you totally. know, how these people came together in this band of, of disciples. I think yeah. there's something in that for, for us, even thinking through yeah. Jesus as our great high priest. Uh, I, I, I love that part, even of the chosen. I don't know how mm. long it's been since a new episode has dropped or whatever, but, but in one of the last ones where, where the, the tension between like, Peter and Matthew, like Peter, the, the blue, like kind of true Jewish boy, you know, growing mm. up and this kind of sellout of Matthew who is given into the system and mm. fueling actually financially this tyrannical empire that was crushing mm-hmm. Peter's people. You know, I love that within the tribe were these tensions, very real. Those are real tensions, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, and Jesus is like, I'm going to intentionally pick 12 guys and pick guys who would be yeah have to have to work out how's the gospel gonna solve this you know tension so, yeah yeah how do you how do you think uh with hebrews so my message on sunday not to re-preach it but just the big idea of you know i think that uh the the tension of hebrews is okay if if all this stuff went down to these people in the old testament hmm. And they, you know, their apathy, ignoring the law, suppressing the law, whatever, drifting away, like, like how he says it in, in chapter two, you know, where he says, if, um, you know, for this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we've heard so that we will not drift away. 
Mm. The idea of just kind of like yes. a ship floating past the harbor. Totally. You know, and if the message spoken through angels was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Yeah. I think that that question is so prominent and frames in kind of what he's, he's trying to awaken us out of our apathy by the awe of Jesus. Like think about who Jesus is. Like yes. he's more glorious than these angels. Right. He's the builder of the house. He's the, you know, all these things. So I guess my question is, how does the awe of Jesus get practical for you? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that could be the pushback to we're trying to every week. Yes put Jesus in front of our people, but it can feel like, oh, okay, so what? Right. So what do I do with that? Well, I think one of the things that's actually maybe a preview of what's coming for this next Sunday is it's, it's this crazy moment in chapter two where it's, where he talks about Jesus uh, like singing through the suffering. I'd never thought about it in this way. Where's that? So in chapter <laughs> two, verse 10, in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God for whom and through whom all things exist should make the source of their salvation perfect through sufferings and, and by perfect there be made the perfect kind of sin bearer. Like anyway, mm -hmm. not the same way that we're going to be made perfect. Anyway, for the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters saying, and now he goes into this whole thing. I'll proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will sing hymns to you in the congregation. Again, I will trust in him. And again, here I am with the children God gave me. Well, those quotes are from, for instance, Psalm 22, which we think of often, most, most often, Jesus quoted from Psalm 22 hmm. when he was dying on the cross. It's in a context of suffering. And now what Jesus is saying is, oh, my brothers and sisters, we're going to sing praises. And you get the idea kind of come alongside Jesus, because even in the midst of suffering, not again, some mm. weird escapism, we're going to pretend like those sufferings don't exist. No, no, no. The way that like in the book of Acts, they, um, sing in they sang in the yeah, prison or whatever, totally. you know, that idea that I do believe Jesus can give us even songs of deliverance in the midst of trials mm. that kind of pull us up and, mm. and, you know, and what I, I even referred mm. to my sister-in-law Marilyn, when she was in the midst of dying, didn't want to die. Didn't want to leave her family. What was afraid of the physical pain mm. and suffering that would have come. But then she would also be like, can we sing? Can we, and worship just kind of didn't remove her cancer allowed her to keep an eternal perspective. I feel like Jesus in this passage wow. is saying my, because he specifically says my brothers and sisters, like wraps yeah. his arms around us and is like, no, I'm not going to necessarily take you out of your present danger. I'm going to sing with you as we, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's good. So that's what I'm saying. Like that, those are the things I feel like have very practical applications. Like let's one of the guys within Veritas that's going through a pretty big trial, he goes, man, I used to mock my mom. We'd get in the car and she'd have this worship music on. I'd be like, mom, you know, he goes, man, now I thought, and that seemed to work for her. Mm. He's all of a sudden into just listening to worship music and letting it mm. lift him up as he's going through trial. You know, That's cool. It reminded me, I was trying to find it on my phone that, that I came across this uh, John Bunyan quote. Huh. Uh, he wrote the Pilgrim's Progress and it's something like 
changing the circumstances for someone who has a bad heart is like putting a golden slipper on a gout foot. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a 17th century way of like, like everyone knew what a gout foot was. I don't want to throw up in your mouth just picturing that. I didn't even know what gout (laughs) is, but I feel like I know it by the word gout. Like, dang, that's bad. He says like putting a golden slipper on a gout foot is, is changing the circumstances of a bad, someone with a bad heart. It's, it's not the exact, I can maybe find it, but, but it was that idea. And so I think of that as Jesus singing in the suffering, Mm -hmm. singing um, the, the Mm -hmm. apostles singing in prison. You know, I think those that, and that's so good about, that's what I love about Sunday worship and gathering is like, you know, there's a lot of different perspectives represented right. in that congregation. And I love it. I think it's beautiful that way. But as we worship yes. and turn our attention to the word and Jesus, man, it's because, I'm, you know, because right after that, that's when he'll say, hey, you know, it wasn't angels that he came to help. In other words, when angels sinned, they got justice. <laughs> Those that sinned, no more second chances, no plan of redemption you're going to get the just penalty of your rebellion. Right. Mm. But when he saw humans mm. do the very you know, rebel, he came to our help. He uses that word three times. He came to our help. He came to us and not only just a one-time die and then go escape back into heaven and wait for us to get there. He journeys with us. He's a call on that faithful high priest. He wants to journey with you to come and sing those mm. songs with you to, you know what I mean? Like it's mm. just this beautiful, like, here I am in a pit that I dug with my own hands. And then there's Jesus coming to help me. Right. <laughs> deserve it. or No, not deserve it. Totally. But there he is. I don't know. I'm just saying that's the kind of stuff I know our people are bringing in very serious um, trials, difficulties, whatever. I think it's in- unbelievably practical to point them to the one mm-hmm. who can come alongside them and help them sing songs. Yep. In the midst, you know. Oh, that's good. Well, that's what I've been thinking about. Mm. That's all I had. Did you have anything else? Other thoughts, things you're, uh, you've been, I mean, I know there's a of, lot. Yeah, tons of thoughts. You were Real, real quick, as a postscript, though, uh, I did book tickets to go back to Africa. So Ooh. already excited about that. But then I had this moment, I don't know if any of the people listening in, if there are any people listening in, that all of a sudden I had this thought like, oh, shoot, that's only like 60 days from now. <laughs> What do I have to do between now and then? So I actually printed out my calendar on a paper oh, to look at all this stuff, you know? And I'm like, okay, I got to get busy. I get it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, I had that moment of like, oh, what have I done? You know, but. No, if I don't go on that trip to Zambia, I'm going to have more FOMO <laughs> than I've ever had about anything in my life. So anyway, yeah. well, that's, that's exciting. We'll, we'll stay tuned for, yeah. for what, what God's going to be doing through that. And uh, so, yeah, any closing word or benediction or prayer um, as we do? Nothing other than I just have to say that verse 18, which is actually the last verse of, of chapter two that we've just been referring to, is actually almost like a quick segue to, to push us into deeper into Hebrews. But he just mm-hmm. says, for since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. I just love that we do not have an indifferent God. We don't have a God who is cold hearted to even our temptations. 
but is running to help us. And just that, just that one verse, there's a lot of complicated verses throughout Hebrews, even in this very passage, but he'll just drop these beautiful, just moments of hope and promise. Like mm. you, you've got someone who's going to help you. Mm. You know what I mean? I, yep. that's enough for me sometimes just knowing that that truth. Well, Hey, how about exists. I, how about I just read this over as we, as we close it, it's the, the benediction of Hebrews. Do it. It's great. Awesome. Uh, Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with everything good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Well, hope you guys have a great week and we will see you next time.